Good morning, everyone. So we're working on a series using Jack Kornfeld's book, A Lamp in the Darkness for Inspiration this month. And the thesis of the book, or the, the main point, I think, is a simple one. And that's that we all go through troublesome times. Uh, I can't think of probably anyone in this sanctuary that has not experienced heartbreak, that has not experienced the loss of a loved one, that has not gone through something that shook us to our very core. Now, last week, uh, Sharon talked a little bit, Reverend Sharon talked a little bit about how to do it in the moment, that, that uh, how to be gentle with ourselves, how to recognize that we're not defined by issues that come our way, that if there's a love breakup, it doesn't mean that we're any less, that if something bad happens at work, it doesn't mean that we're not useful. Do you know what I mean? It, what I got from her talk and listening to it really was to be gentle with ourselves, that we're not defined by the stuff that happens to us. Today, I want to talk about something maybe even more fundamental, and that's what do we do with things from the past? Because again, in the same way that I would guess none of us uh, escape life without anything bad happening, I also just believe in my heart that each one of us has a memory, an area, a belief about our past that still causes us some pain. Do you ever have one of those nights where you replay something that happened to you maybe years ago or, or you uh, are reminded of some person or some event and doesn't it almost feel like it's happening again? You can feel the same uh, sense of loss. You feel the same fear. All of us are in that boat around one or more things in our past. And you know what? what's interesting about it too is the people involved in brain science will tell you that reminiscing about those events or replaying them in our head actually emphasizes them. It makes them easier to recall later. And, uh, and I would say also, it invites us to embellish them a little bit. <laughs> Have you ever known someone that every time they told the story of something that happened to them, it got a little grislier, <laughs> a, a little worse? I remember my, my grandfather one, telling, uh, one time telling me how difficult it was growing up. He was one of uh, 12 brothers and sisters living on a, a, a farm without central heating in Quebec, Canada, and he used to tell me about how tough that was. And I remember by the time I was about 10 or 12, I actually started realizing this story gets better every time. <laughs> it couldn't be snowing there all year long, right? <laughs> it couldn't have been quite as hard as he pictured it in his head. And yet, I'm sure that in his head, reliving those memories was indeed very painful. Well, today we're going to talk about what we can do to get unstuck. Today we're going to talk about what maybe we want to take a look at in terms of allowing our hearts some freedom so that when issues come up again, when things remind us of painful events, we're not stuck right in that same place again so that we can experience greater freedom. So not to say that the event didn't happen, but our emotional clutching onto it, our, our uh, painting ourselves, if you will, of the victim in that role, in that situation can be released a little bit, giving us more freedom. Well, now, as you can imagine, the simple answer is forgiveness. And yet, is it that simple? For one thing, 
I think often our view of forgiveness is very narrow. We think specifically maybe about a person that has harmed us in some way and whether or not we can extend forgiveness to that person. And often the answer is pretty tough. Often it feels like to forgive that person somehow is also saying that what they did was either okay or I'm going to let it pass. And I think that's a big reason that a lot of us don't find the ability to, um, to extend forgiveness because what, what, what happened or, 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 or what was done was so, in a way, unforgivable. Well, a couple of things here. First of all, I think that that is a very narrow definition of forgiveness. In Jack Kornfeld's book, here is how he defines forgiveness. He says, forgiveness means giving all hope up for a better past. I'm going to read that one more time. Forgiveness means giving up all hope for a better past. Now, notice it's not talking about a person or an event or anything in particular. It's simply saying that we're holding ourselves hostage as we replay, as we review, as we reenact things from our past that have us freaked out, tensed up, uh, bundled up, constrained down. He's saying that each time we do that, we're the ones holding ourselves hostage and we're doing it as though replaying it can resolve it. And of course, can we change the past? No. We can change how we view the past. We can change our takeaway from the past. We can even change some of our feelings about the past. But what happened, happened. There's a a good news and a bad news story here, and I'll, I'll start with the bad news first. The bad news is the harder we try in our minds to change the past, brain science tells us we're actually digging the hole deeper. So that's the bad news. The good news, however, is that we can work on that in a positive way. We can use even less energy that we would be using to replay it. We can use the same amount of energy, the same amount of thought power, the same amount of heart power, if you will, to actually coming to a resolution through the idea of forgiveness and and an expanded idea of forgiveness that we're going to talk about today. First up, though, I want to cover... Um, a wonderful quote from this book. I've really been enjoying this book, and I wanted to share this with you. Uh, So Cornfield says, as human beings, we're guaranteed at one time or another to suffer from betrayal, loss, pain, conflict. We will encounter betrayal and conflict in our families and in our communities. At times, these difficulties can feel insurmountable, and we may long for a way out of the suffering and conflict. The first step we need to take is to protect ourselves and others, to set limits, and to minimize harm. So so really, the first step isn't even forgiveness, right? Because we don't need to forgive what happened. In fact, in many ways, it's our duty to ensure safety for ourselves and our loved ones, right? So we don't forgive and forget quite Quite the reverse, in a way, we use the power of that painful event to set limits, to do what's necessary to create a physical and emotional safety for the future. But then, then what is necessary, he says, for us to move forward through our pain is forgiveness of ourselves, of others, and of the events that have caused our suffering. 
I think a good place to start here might be a joke. As you know, I, I love doing little jokes and stories, and I haven't decided yet if this is a joke or if it's a story. So laugh if you want. <laughs> Fair enough? So a much-loved minister once carried a secret burden of long-past sin deep in his heart. He had committed the mistake many years before during his Bible school training. The minister had suffered many years of remorse over this incident without ever really feeling forgiven. Well, a woman in his church, deeply devoted to God, she claimed to actually have visions in which God spoke to her. The minister, of course, was a little skeptical of this. He asked her, the next time you speak to God, would you please ask what transgression, your minister, me, what was committed while I was in Bible school? And the minister was thinking, this is, you know, God would know, nobody else knows, but God would know. So the woman kindly agreed. When she came to church a few days later, the minister asked, did God visit you? Why, yes, she said. And did you ask that mistake that I had made? Yes, she replied. Well, what did God say? He said, I don't remember. <laughs> and you know what? That's totally the way God acts, right? The one thing we can be sure of in life is that God does not hold grudges. As soon as we have dropped away our bad behavior, the forgiveness is instantaneous in a spiritual sense. The only thing that is left from transgressions or issues in the past in a spiritual sense is only what we hold on to. To God, all is forgiven. You know, it's that, that whole idea of doing a confessional. You know, our, our church doesn't particularly believe in the confessional and doing that as a process. But what I do know is that process is exactly what God does. You simply offer up your willingness to be forgiven and say that the behavior is going to end and you are forgiven. Can the human heart work that quickly? See, here's, I think, where we get stuck a little bit. Here's where things get, get stuck and get glommed onto our heartstrings, and it becomes difficult. Let me use an example. You know, a friend of mine does financial planning, and it's, uh, you know, regularly I, I, I see my friend for financial planning uh, reasons, but I also just run into him at the supermarket and such. Well, one, one time we were together for official business doing financial planning, and he told me this story about something horrible that had happened to his daughter. He was telling me she was very involved in sports and uh, was a junior in high school, and she got kicked off the junior varsity team. She had done something, and depending on how you look at the issue, we don't need to go into it, but depending on how you look at it, you might agree that she should have been kicked off the team. But of course, he, as the father, was like, no, absolutely not. This is going to ruin her life, and the coach was wrong. And, you know, what can we do to, I mean, her life is ruined. She's all about sports, and she won't be able to play at all this year. And the way the coach is talking, she probably won't be able to play next year, and that's going to ruin her chances for a scholarship because she's a great athlete. And there was a, 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 a basketball scholarship that could have come to her in her senior year, and it's sort of all over because of this jerk coach that did this thing. 
well, kind of took my breath away, and uh, there wasn't too much I could say to that, you know, the passion in him. Other than a friend, I just responded as a friend and said, I'm so sorry to hear that this has happened. You know, let me take it into prayer for you. So interestingly, less than two weeks later, I see the two of them at the grocery store, him and his daughter. And so I say, so sorry to hear about what happened at school. You must be kind of heartbroken over uh, not making the team this year. And she said, oh, oh, she said, I'm in choir. Everything's fine. (laughs) And what I realized... What I realized, this unforgiveness of my friend had really nothing based in reality. Do you know what I mean? It was only his heart still holding on to this. His daughter had moved on. Frankly, if we tracked down the coach, the coach should have probably just gone, huh, what? (laughs) Do you know what I mean? I just made a decision and we moved on. Everybody had moved on except my friend who had felt betrayed on behalf of his daughter. How often do the things that we hold on to in our hearts as unforgivable, how often do the things that affect us from the past simply have no continued rationale for existence? How often do we, in fact, close our hearts based on something that happened to us and our hearts stay to a degree closed? You see, here's the danger here, right? In my example, did it matter whether that coach was ever forgiven? No, the (laughs) the coach was out having a great life. The only person on the hook was my friend. And the hook was right here, in his own heart. When we forgive for whatever reason and for whatever thing or that happened, whatever person that became involved with us, whether it's a tragedy of the heart, whether it was a physical accident in a car, whether it was an institution that maybe treated you badly, when in our heart we are closed and unforgiving of something, the only person that really suffers is right here. When we extend a hand in forgiveness, whether it's accepted or not, doesn't matter. When we extend a hand in forgiveness, really the hand is coming back to us, you see. It's really us that change through the process of forgiveness. Well, today we're going to get some firsthand work on forgiveness. But first of all, I want to give you a way of recognizing when forgiveness would be advised, if you will. Because again, so often we we think of forgiveness narrowly focused in on maybe some person in our past that has done something to us that is unforgivable. But I would like you to expand that. If we go back to that definition, forgiveness means giving up all hope for a better past, I would suggest that any time the past, events, ideas, beliefs, things that happened, accidents, uh, mishaps at work, Anything that when you think of it again or are reminded of it gives you a body sensation, forgiveness is appropriate. 
So if you're feeling shame about something that happened in the past, if you're feeling anger about something that happened in the past, if sadness overwhelms you when you think of an event that happened to you or a loved one, when you feel anytime stuck in your heart around something in the past, it doesn't have to resolve itself into a person, doesn't have to resolve itself into an entity that needs forgiven. It may simply be you needing to forgive yourself even. The other thing that I want to suggest or that I want to sort of go over is how do we know when we're done forgiving, right? I bet all of us has tried and even been successful in various areas of our life to forgive someone or something. When are we done? Because I don't necessarily think it's flipping a light switch. In fact, um, I would suggest that even today, right, we're, we're going to, in a few minutes, we're going to have a little exercise where I'm going to ask you to reconsider someone or something that happened to you in a very negative way and take a look at it. And if I were just to say, okay, now just release that, would you? Right? <laughs> Depending on what the thing was, I'd be very surprised if anyone can just flip a switch and go into forgiveness. Some things are pretty darn unforgivable, right? That was his whole point of saying, we need to make sure we're safe from future harm before we embark upon forgiveness. No, I think that forgiveness is much more a cyclical thing. And, and I guess that's a, another issue here to talk about. And that's that we may never actually be 100% forgiven or forgiving. And that's okay. Because it's a loving process. If we treat it as a process of love to ourselves because we recognize that what we're doing is setting our own heart free, when we're willing to little by little grant to ourselves the freedom of forgiving others and self, then it doesn't matter if it's not over in an instant because it's part of the process of self-love. So how do we know when we're done at least for now, <laughs> it's when you can think of that thing or that person, and when it comes up, it's just neutral. It's just a fact. So we don't forgive and forget. We can forgive and remember. And when the remembrance is just as neutral as a fact is, then the forgiveness, at least for now, is complete. But I also want to give you one more example, and I'll, I'll tell a story on myself as I do now and then. So, oh my gosh, maybe I better set this up so you know a little bit about my, a little bit about my ex. So, although I'm in a wonderful and loving relationship right now, the ex may be not quite so much. And, uh, and in fact, I would say that the last five years of my relationship were Bob, with Bob was a lot of boozing, a lot of trouble involving police at 2 a.m., involving losing cars, involving hospitals, involving, uh, oh, at least $40,000 going out towards, you know, lawyers and bail and, you know, and, and I gotta tell you, if you would have asked me how I felt about Bob about 10 years ago, I don't know that I could have told you because my fists would have been so tight. <laughs> so as you can imagine, a little therapy later, a lot of forgiveness later, I'm feeling okay about this, right? I mean, I really can look back on some of the worst 
moments of that relationship, uh, like the police at our house at 2 a.m., or the car that I paid for being impounded because it had been involved in drunk driving for the fourth time, right? I can look at those things and I go, they happened, right? It's part of life. My life is good now. I feel like my heart is unburdened. So... Much to my surprise, about a month ago, a friend of mine, Joanne, said, hey, your ex has been released from prison. <laughs> and my, <laughs> and my uh, initial reaction, uh, and, and you know, I will tell you, after, after therapy and after ministerial in school, I, I was proud of myself because my initial reaction was, well, God bless him. Honestly, you know, I hope that he has a fabulous life. And certainly getting out of prison is a great start. <laughs> so that's, that's where I, no, honestly. And I, I'm very, I was very sincere and from the heart about that. She said, oh yeah, he's on Facebook, check him out. <laughs> so so I, I did. <laughs> and you know what? On Facebook, he blames the relationship that we had in living here in Oregon with me for the whole mess. Oh, my, my cool kind of ended there. <laughs> and what I realized was it was time for forgiveness again. We may never finish with our forgiveness work because the universe is always going to bring us more stuff. And that's okay. We are absolutely human and divine at the same time. The divine part of us always wanting to forgive. The human part of us always needing to practice a little more of the techniques of doing that. And so you know what I did? I took him into prayer for at least a month after that until I could look then at that day when I looked things up on Facebook, until I could think of that again with neutrality, I had my ex Bob in prayer and I just wished him well. I wished him the free heart that I was experiencing. I wished him free of his past that, that was apparently still so present for him, still so agonizing for him. I wished him the love and the life that everyone on this planet deserves. And over time, I feel pretty good about the whole situation. So today I'm going to lead us in a forgiveness exercise. It's going to be an opportunity for each one of us to practice three levels of forgiveness. And, and Ken, would you maybe help us with a little bit of piano music? And so the idea of this, and, uh, and Jack Kornfeld's uh, idea of forgiveness is that it takes three parts. There's forgiveness of ourselves there's forgiveness that we would extend to others and then there is the forgiveness that we would ask of others towards us so if you're willing just sit securely in your chairs you can close your eyes or, or not as you like while I guide us through this short practice the nice thing about this those of you that have bought the book, uh, this forgiveness exercise is right on the CD that comes with the book. So if you like, whenever the past intrudes in your life, you can take out the CD and play along. 
So allow your eyes to close gently. Rest for a moment. Just allow yourself to breathe and relax. When you're ready to begin, become aware of your breath and just breathe for a few moments. Breathe gently in, recognizing God's spirit. Just breathe out any anxiety, closing that circle of life. Now I ask you, allow yourself to feel any emotions you still carry and barriers that you've erected within your heart because you yourself have not been forgiven. Some of the results of not forgiving others and some are from not yet being able to forgive yourself. But just allow yourself for a moment to feel the pain and the constriction in your heart that comes from judgment and grudges. Sense how it keeps your heart closed. And as you breathe gently, follow these three steps in the practice of forgiveness. First, we ask for forgiveness from others. Visualize yourself and remember a way in which you've caused harm to others. Just one or two ideas. Take a moment to feel whatever memories burden your heart. You may feel ashamed, saddened by what happened and because of your actions or your inaction. Allow yourself to feel the genuine sorrow and regret and pain that you may still carry for what you did or didn't do. And when you're ready, realize that you can release this burden, you can ask for forgiveness. Divine forgiveness, always available. And after a few breaths, silently repeat to yourself, in the ways that I have caused sorrow, knowingly or unknowingly, whether out of my own fear and confusion or out of anger and suffering, I ask for forgiveness. I am now ready to accept forgiveness and release my heart. Allow yourself to make amends, to let go, to move on with a heart freed from this burden. Just sense that you can always be forgiven. Now we ask for forgiveness from harming ourselves. Just as we have caused suffering to others, there are many ways that we have hurt and harmed ourselves. We hurt ourselves in the same way, of course, that we hurt others. We abandon and betray. We abuse and punish ourselves so cruelly. Take time to remember a way in which you have caused yourself harm. Just an incident or two and feel the cost of this self-betrayal. Sense the ways that you judge yourself so harshly. Recognize the pain and the sorrow, maybe even the shame that you still carry in your body, in your heart, in your mind, and realize 
that you are ready to release this burden. As you remember them, extend forgiveness for each act of harm in this way. Say to yourself, for the ways I've hurt myself, betrayed or abandoned my own true self, I now extend forgiveness. I hold myself up with mercy and tenderness. I forgive. If it's helpful, you may put a hand to your heart and literally hold yourself. Ease your mind into the heart of forgiveness. The third form of forgiveness is the traditional one that we extend to others. Remember that it may take time to fully forgive another. Remember also that you are not condoning or permitting harmful behaviors. You are freeing your heart by forgiving others of their mistakes and ignorance. So take time to remember situations where you felt betrayed or abandoned, abused or punished by another or by an event or by an institution, and then sense the burden of this pain. Feel it as you carry it, but resolve to release it by gradually extending forgiveness. As your heart becomes open and ready, repeat silently to yourself, I remember the ways in which you have hurt, wounded, or harmed me, abandoned, or betrayed me. And I know that you acted this way out of your own fear and pain, out of your own hurt, anger, confusion, or ignorance. But I've carried this pain in my heart long enough to the extent that I am ready, I now offer forgiveness to you. I release you. I forgive you. And as best I can, I now release the past and begin my life new. I do not condone what was done. I will do what is necessary to make sure that no one is harmed in this way again. But in this moment... I release you and I free myself. And so breathing gently into the area of the heart, we conclude this practice of forgiveness again and again in a gentle and courageous way. We liberate our hearts as we are forgiven as we forgive others, and as we forgive ourselves. Let us pray. There is one heart, one life, one joy, that one intelligence and consciousness that I call God. And what I know about God is that the, that the forgiveness of the eternal is instant that as soon as I stop my bad behavior, as soon as I recognize a, a better way, I am forgiven. I know this is true for me and I accept it as truth for me. And I suggest on this day that it is also true for each person in this room, that each person here has that ability 
to forgive and to remember. That ability to release their attachments of anger, of shame, of doubt or fear associated with the past, to just let them go. Sometimes all at once, sometimes through iteration, but to allow them to fade into that gentle past and create a freedom for now and the future. This is what I know for my friends in this room. This is what I know for this congregation, that divine forgiveness is always, always at hand. I'm grateful for this. I just let it be. And together we say, and so it is. Thank you for being here today. Thank you for being here.